At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. This is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to The Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things and have their entrepreneurial stories or their stories of how they got started in their business. You can always recommend businesses to us. We're always looking for stories at shansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, at hbi.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at Makers of MN, Instagram, and Twitter as well. And today we have a sweet story for you. We're here with Justin Hankey, and he is the CEO of Annie B's. And Annie B's has caramels and popcorn, and they also have chocolates. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I have to tell you, I first I can like viscerally remember the first time I had your caramels, and you had just undergone like some new packaging. And I was like, oh, my gosh, these are delicious. The Annie B's caramels are the caramels that you find them a lot at the store, like right as you're about to pay. They're in a clear cellophane wrapper. They're kind of in a long, like almost like the old Tootsie Rolls were. Yep. I just, I they're like, if I see them on the counter, I have a hard time not throwing them on the counter, on the conveyor belt, and like add these two. Um, how did you, so you guys didn't, you didn't actually start the company. It was started by someone else, but you bought it, which I'm really interested in that story. How did you come across them? Uh, I was working in the industry. Um, were you, what, what were you doing? Working in, uh, I, I, I kind of got started in the food industry with my ex-father-in-law. Sure. Um, with uh, Barrel of Fun. Oh, Okay. I did a lot of private label sales manufacturing for him, mm-hmm. and we started a, a chocolate company up there in Purim, um, and it's called Nutheads at the time. Okay. And so I was working on that and came across uh, the founders of Annie B's, Tom and Carol Bouquet. They named it after their daughter Annie, but uh, met them, and it was just kind of a, a freak thing that happened. They told me that they wanted to sell their company and I always kind of had an interest in doing something of my own. Yep. Um, and so the time I met them, it was like in October and we closed on the business in December. So it wow. was a fast, quick transaction. And they were ready to be giving it to the next person. And how long had they been in business before you picked it up? And what year did you pick it up? Oh boy, it was five and a half years ago when, when, uh, acquired it. Um, they started it in 1978. So they had it for roughly 35 years. Yeah. And so what is that? I can't even imagine what that's like. So you buy a 35 year old company, they've been doing things a certain way for 35 years. And all of a sudden, the new young whippersnapper comes in, did they have employees? Or were they uh, like, what was that like? Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of fun, because I had 
like I said, we've been working on starting a company from the ground up, and it was a lot of work. And yeah. I was kind of like, I never want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was it was uh, kind of different to take all that knowledge that I had learned and and transition it into a company that was already existing. Sure. And kind of just use my own uh, knowledge and creativity to kind of get it to the next level. So it, they had employees in place. They um, Some of them been around for a long, long time. Uh, is in a small town, Kellogg, Minnesota, and we didn't want to come in there and make a bunch of changes. We just came in there and learned what they did for really the first year and kind of asked questions and tried to answer why they're doing things this way and just really understand because they've obviously had been successful, had been around for 35 sure. years. So we wanted to just learn for the first couple. So, And, and when you saw like how they were doing things just in a broad stroke, like, was there anything where you were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing it like that. We could save so much money if we did it like this. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think whenever you buy a business, you're looking for opportunities to maximize your investment, economies of scale, that sort of thing. And, and perhaps a smaller, I don't want to say smaller, but a company started by a couple that had been 35 years of growth, you know, maybe there was some pretty obvious things. Like, can you think of something that maybe would be interesting for entrepreneurs to listen to? Well, uh, one, it, we didn't have a whole lot of due diligence because the whole thing happened. So we really took a gamble on what we were even buying. Yeah. Um, but there was a couple things right off the bat that we that noticed is, and they preached forever that they hadn't changed anything for 35 years and is kind of that nostalgic uh, mom-and-pop yep. caramel. And one of the things that they uh, uh, was in part of their sales pitch, too, is that they didn't change the pricing. Um, and as you know, butter and sugar and all the ingredients 35 years ago were yes. not the same prices today. So um, I've been through a lot of price changes, and so I came in there, and I'm like, the first thing we're doing is a pricing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and everyone was like in panic mode, thinking that they're going to lose every customer that they had. And in in fact, everyone was really supportive of it. They were understandable, and and our true customers kept with us, and uh, and, and immediately turned the company um, from a break even type situation yep. to profitable, so we could use that money to invest back into it. Yeah, and to do more marketing. And at somewhere along the line, I met. Um, uh, a woman who her name was Christine and she was a partner with a man named Brian and they had a chocolate company yep. and it was BT McElrath chocolates and they were just my favorites. I love them so much. And she was diagnosed with breast cancer and we were actually patients at the same time. And I had breast cancer. She had breast cancer. We had the same kind and she ended up passing and um, it was very sad, and it's been sort of a weirdly emotional connection for me all this time, seven years later. And whenever I buy their chocolate bars or eat their chocolate bars or eat their truffles, I just I think about her. And I know that you picked up that brand. Um, can you tell me about how that happened? Yeah, so Brian... Um... I, I didn't have the privilege of meeting Christine, but mm -hmm. I uh, had met Brian after um, she had passed, just reaching out as a friend in the industry yep. um, and asking him if he ever needed anything that I was here. And, and I always admired their brand as well. And their product was just awesome, I thought, yeah. too. So um, we kind of built a relationship over the over the 
years after that and um, got to a point at one time where he, you know, I was thinking about maybe potentially selling. I said I'd be interested and maybe mm-hmm. seeing what that would look like. We talked about it for a long time and it just didn't make, uh, didn't feel right for both of us at that time. So we put it aside and a couple of years passed again and it got brought up again. I just, we were in a position where uh, at Annie B's where we kind of grew out the facility that we were in mm-hmm. and needed to kind of go to the next level. We needed a new building and I knew that they were in a similar boat. Um, and needed a new building. I thought caramel chocolate popcorn goes together. We were good at sales. They were good at creativity and making stuff. Yep. Um, so I just thought it would make sense together on paper to put these two companies together. So we uh, we got together and, and made it happen. Is Brian still involved in the creative side? He is not. He um, he kind of helped us at first, yeah. kind of with the transition and everything. Um, and... Then, uh, you know, he didn't really enjoy the business side of things as much. And Christine was really good at that part. She was awesome at that, yeah, from what I understand. And and, uh, so he... He's kind of just trying to take some time off. Yeah, and, and regroup and, and put regroup his life back together. He he's got a small child. And yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm so glad that you picked up that brand because, I mean, Prairie Dog, Prairie Dog Chocolate Bar is just like incredible. And the Toast one, and um, I just love their products so much. So you are so lucky that you were able to put together these just amazingly tasting products, quality products, heritage products. What is your favorite part about acquiring them? Is it like introducing them to new customers? Is it instilling the marketing or the sales piece? Uh, My passion's always been sales. So, um, and our mission is to just create uh, happiness and smiles throughout the world (laughs) and you can do that with both these products. Yeah. Um, and that's what's pretty rewarding about it is just the the feedback we get from people um, and the smiles that it brings when we when we bring it to people. So that's kind of fun. What's your like day to day like? Do you have a sales team? Do you like spend like this much amount of time in marketing this much? This last year and a half has been crazy. So tell me about that. <laughs> We, um, after acquiring BT McElrath two, a little over two years ago, um, we ran it in their facility for the first year. And then as we were doing that, we were searching for new facility that we could both move into. And we were looking anywhere from uh, Kellogg, which is two hours south of here, along the river where Annie B's was, up to up here in the cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was extremely challenging finding a place that had everything that we needed. Um, then we went to look into building a new facility from the ground up. That was way out of our budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden out of the sky fell Kowalski's old central bakery in Matamita. And they were moving out mm-hmm. and building their new central bakery. And, and uh, they're a great customer of ours. And so... Uh, we went and looked at it and thought, this is perfect. It's already set up for food manufacturing about the right size. So about a year and a half ago, we started moving um, the chocolate facility over into that. And then we moved uh, Annie B's up here under that roof, too. So, And you still do truffles and the high-end box chocolates as well as the bars. Do you anticipate that you'll continue with that? Yep, yep. And there's a huge corporate gift strategy play, I'm assuming, 
here. Yep. Yeah, we do quite a bit corporate gifts in the fourth quarter. Yeah, with the caramels and then also the popcorn. Like you guys, you just have it all right there under one roof. Is is um so you've got the chocolates there. Now are you moving caramels? Yep, we moved everything under there. So we've been fully operational with all product lines for probably a good year this last year. So was it hard for some of your employees from the smaller town to move up? Uh, yeah, in fact, that's what's been the interesting and challenging part of the whole thing of this last year and a half is my my job has completely changed from, um, you know, right now we pretty much started over. It's almost like starting a new yeah. company again. Um, we had a couple of the employees move up here with us and then, uh, we ran a satellite office down there for a year and we, uh, ended up having to close that down. So, yep. um, and a lot of the employees from BT McElrath were, I think we have one or two, uh, of them still with us, but everybody else is brand new. Um, so there's been two employees that are like 10 years with us and the rest is under a year old. Wow. So tell me, how many employees total is there? Uh, right now we have 20. Okay, so of the 20 employees, like 17 are brand new. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting and really challenging. Um, how do you, are you just training nonstop? Uh, it has, this last year and a half has been a lot of training, yeah. And Did you to... know that going into this, that you would have so much attrition? I mean, you probably anticipated you'd have some, but... Was it harder than you thought it would be when you were looking at it on paper? Extremely hard. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like it. A lot of sleepless nights. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it. And just uh, this, you know how that commercial, like the guy who's, I got to make the donuts. I just got to make the donuts. Like I can imagine at some point you were just like, I just have to keep getting these products out the door. Yep. Yep. Taking care of the customers, number one. Yep. So um, that's what we've been doing. But yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been interesting. At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. What um, do you think the biggest lesson is that you've learned along the way? Um, really the, uh, probably the biggest thing is there's organization is so important, um, and processes and following, following checklists and procedures. Um, you know, cause as we we're we're a relatively smaller company in two different locations, um, and they've been around for so many years and the employees have been around for so many years. They were just used to doing things. Institutional knowledge. Yeah. yeah. And as every, in everybody's head. And as, as we, uh, try to combine them and get more streamlined and efficient, um, and start over with a lot of employees, new employees and stuff too, it's just like relearning all that, not being organized was a big challenge. So, yeah. And uh, just having things written down and I'm sure just even things like recipes, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were all over the place. Some of them just chicken scratch uh, napkins, uh, you know, saved on the computer to, you know, pieces of paper and files that no one knew that were there. So, Oh, that is so funny. It's been a lot of getting all that stuff together and grouped up. So your production full steam ahead getting everything. How much in your job is product innovation? Like you've had these caramels, they've been heritage for so long, but you've got so many more flavors now. 
Yeah, we have quite a bit. Um, our popcorn has has grown as well. I think we have about 16 different flavors of uh, caramels right now total. We rotate out and c- come up with some new ones for the holidays and yep. stuff like that. Um, our popcorn we've expanded a little bit on, um, which we're working on a little bit more of that. And um, the chocolate we haven't really done a whole lot with mm-hmm. in terms of innovation. We kind of, their product was so good. We didn't yeah, wanna, it like, is good change a whole lot there so um but now that we're in our new facility and all together that's been and we have a year and a half under our belt that's kind of what i'm working on right now is um what our future is and what 2019 is going to be so what percentage of your sales are corporate gifts is it like a lot uh percentage wise not a whole lot okay so it's probably if i had to guess maybe Five percent of our okay. business. Okay, because you have such cute packaging, and you've got like the wooden crate for the caramels, and you really it seems like have put some time into how to package those things together. Was that your doing? Uh, a little bit, but it's been we. It's I can't take the credit for it myself. Our employees, you know, give the credit to them. I mean, without them, we wouldn't be where we're at. Right. They've all pitched in and and added their little bit of touch to it. So what like um. There was a story, and I think, was it Annie Bees? It was Annie Bees that got discovered, like, as one of Oprah's favorite things. Yeah. What does that do to a company like yours, like, when somebody of that notoriety recognizes your product? It was uh, pretty crazy when that happened. And people ask me how we did it and, you know, can we help them do it? And it's just like, I, if I wish I knew how, because I would try to do it again myself. But Yeah. Um, it was just being in the right place at the right time and, and, and lucky. And, um, and we had great product. That's what was we were focused on. And we really didn't know what to expect. Um, we reached out to people that were in her, that were picked by her in the past. Um, and got a little bit of knowledge from them, but uh, it was way more work and overwhelming than we even anticipated it to be. You have to gear up with ingredients. You don't know how many to buy, uh, packaging, and just be ready to go. So, mm-hmm. um, And luckily, our entire team was there to support us and do whatever it took to get orders out. One of the things I liked about that was her stuff can be, this is speaking about Oprah Winfrey and her favorite things, her stuff can be pretty high-end. Mm-hmm. Like yours was super affordable and it was something everyone could do and it was a tasty treat. And uh, I think that was why maybe you guys were so successful with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of fun. And that was, um, geez, that was four years ago now. And uh, that was kind of, I mean, the internet was big back then, but not like it is today. Yeah. But it was kind of that turning point too. We really didn't even have a website before that. <laughs> and we kind of got one up in preparation for that. And that's what's really um, spiked our online business and is what our online business is today because of that. Really? That's so cool. Um, So do you do like the whole social media thing and how does that present itself in your world of candy? Um, We are (laughs) struggling with that ourselves right now. So we, uh, through all this change, we've had different people. We've outsourced it. We've had internal people that have done it. Right now, we don't have anybody doing it, so yep. it's a little bit of me trying to do it, which I'm not good at. Yep. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit. Um, and so uh, we're trying to figure out what the next move is for us there. But it's important. It's definitely important. So 
Sure, sure. Especially, I would think with the corporate side, and yeah, I, uh, I have another client that's a chocolatier um, that's been on the program, and she does corporate gifts and really maximizes LinkedIn, which is something you wouldn't think about for a food company, but right. she's able to really um, get her product out in front there. Um, when you are thinking about like, would you acquire other brands? Is that like your global strategy here? Or are you happy where you're at and just trying to like calm down for a little bit? Uh, calm down for a little bit would yeah. be nice. Yeah. So after we got um, into our new facility and production of our core uh, group of items under control, um, I think our next move is really to focus on, uh, we're doing brand strategy right now to really try to understand what these brands are to not just us, but our customers mm-hmm. and where they would like to see them go. And that's going to be a huge push for us next year is to just grow what we have and the story that we're mm-hmm. created. Um, and then also we've been working a lot more with other companies too. So like co-packing and, mm-hmm. and helping other like local um, small companies start up, um, you know, even if it's not long term forever, if it's just for a short term to get them going and get them off the night that's interesting because you said you kind of like the wholesale piece of it. So maybe part of your growth as an entrepreneur is helping other people get their vision out the door. Right. Yeah. It's fun. And it's fun working with other customer or companies and stuff too. And are there other package, are there other companies that you look around and you think like, wow, I really think they've got a cool product or they're doing cool things. Yeah. So many of them. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Um, well, all the, all the local people, I mean, I, they're, they're all doing some awesome things and, uh, you know, there's a a tight group of us that, um, do a lot with the department of agriculture and go to a lot of the trade shows and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we, we, uh, get to share stories and all that, but you know, like, uh, North Mellow and, um, he's been on the show. Yeah, Pop Kearns and Maddie and Mays, uh, uh, you know, all those brands and stuff that are popping up there, it's, uh, they're all doing awesome and it's fun to see them. Do you um, ever, like, one of the people that was here b- uh, before you, because I did two podcasts today, was uh, Beat Vodka and they were talking about the hotel market. Because sure. I would think that you're like the in, what is it called, in room snacks? Yeah. But that could be a market for you. Uh, yeah, it, it we do a little bit, and I've been thinking about that more and more myself as we've been getting into more and more hotels around here. Yeah. Um, so we're in uh, the Hewing Hotel in their rooms. I think um, you're in Laura, too, in Stillwater. Laura, Laura mm-hmm. we just got into. Um, I met the chefs at JW Marriott at the Mall of America, and yep. they're doing a lot of fun things with their chocolate and bringing them in there. So. And a couple others as well. So it's it's kind of fun. Cool. All right. Um, any, uh, how do you get inspired? Like, do you read magazines? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you watch Shark Tank? Like, what's your way that you stay connected with the entrepreneurial market? It sounds like maybe you network. Uh, I network quite a bit. I'm pretty blessed to be surrounded by um, some pretty great uh, business people from uh-huh. not just the food industry, but all types. Um and so that's really uh, who's been helping me is just surrounding myself with good people like that. And uh, I love reading. So always if I have some downtime, reading books about other businesses and companies and transitions that they went through. And is there a book that you recommend for anyone? 
Um, right now I'm reading and I'm really enjoying it is The Power of Habit. <laughs> okay. And what so, are you learning? I don't even know about that book. So tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, it's um, just, you know, it just talks about how human nature and a lot of psychology and how people function and just uh, not only like um, audiences that are people buying your product, but it's also more individually too, like how you can just be a better person and get routine down and, and have a more efficient focused day. So, Did you read that they, someone said, uh, and hope this is, that it takes 21 days to make a habit. Have you read that? I have not read that, but I've heard, I've heard of the book, yeah. Um, someone told me it takes 21 days to make a habit, and I quit smoking. Oh, wow. Because I thought, I had never, I'd, I'd tried to quit smoking a lot, and this was years ago, but I just thought, it was like, okay, 21 days. Like, if I could just break it down to that, like, okay, I'm not going to smoke for 21 days, and then I can decide if I want to smoke again. Yeah. And it really, like, that was what did it. Yeah. Because I had gone so long then, I was like, well, I kind of missed the idea of it, but I don't miss it itself. So, like, I just all keep going. And honestly, I think that was like, wow, probably 22 years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. Just the same kind of like same idea of keeping habits. Right. Because it's all everybody starts out with something, but then you're like, oh, do you have a morning habit? Because I'm reading about a lot of entrepreneurs that like they get up at 5 a.m. and they're religious about having like that time with themselves in the morning to create lists or to exercise or to read. Yeah, I am trying to be more and more strict about it. And uh, it's been a little bit tricky because I have uh, my son half time. Oh, sure. Um, so it's a little bit different when I have him or if I'm traveling uh, on the road yep. to kind of stay with that. But I try to be disciplined to do that. But yeah, it's just uh, it's nothing crazy. It's getting up and it, um, taking 10 minutes to meditate and have that time to myself. Um always have a glass of water with lemon in it and uh and then if i can have the time to do some exercise like a quick run or a bike ride or something you i cannot believe you just said the glass of water with lemon in it but that is so key like that supposedly gets your metabolism burning like nothing else yeah yeah so funny that you said that it just <laughs> it's crazy i think about that stuff all the time like my morning routine i try to i couldn't i can't meditate did you get an app to meditate did you start with that yeah, I started with that headspace. That kind of got me into the habit of doing it. And that you stayed in it and Yeah. Oh, see, I need to do that. I started with headspace, but after like three times I was like, Oh, I'm so antsy, I can't even open this app. I just want to get going with my day. Yeah. <laughs> uh do you find that uh when you talk to other entrepreneurs, are you other are other people meditating that you know of? Because it is kind of all the rage. Um, uh, a few of them, yeah. I'd say probably half that I talk to. Okay. Have that in their routine. All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck. It's Annie B's. Your products are great. BT McElrath and the uh, popcorn is Annie B's too. Yep. Um, do you still like the popcorn? Because I imagine working somewhere where you're producing popcorn and the smell would be very interesting. Do you still eat it? Uh, you know, it's funny. You, sometimes when you're around it so much, you don't. But the cheddar cheese popcorn is one thing <laughs> that I can't stop eating. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, I hope that uh, sales for you in fourth quarter are amazing, too. And if anybody's looking for gift ideas, uh, this podcast will obviously come out long before them. But just remember you, and thanks for being on the program. Thanks so much for having me, Stephanie. At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. 
I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. An F-16 pilot having hydraulic problems with his aircraft managed to parachute to safety as the plane smashed into a warehouse east of Los Angeles. Fire Captain Fernando Herrera. That pilot landed in the uh, March Air Force Base area. In the base itself. Amazingly, there were no serious injuries after the plane hit the building. Alabama executed a man last night for his role in killing four people after an argument over a pickup truck. Tennessee executed a man who killed his wife. Reporters couldn't see the execution, but AP correspondent Travis Lawler says... We could hear sounds, uh, including a singing that uh, uh, Mr. Johnson's attorney says was him singing a hymn. Answering a reporter's question, President Trump said he hopes the U.S. is not on a path to war with Iran. Mr. Trump has dismissed suggestions that any of his advisors are trying to push him into a conflict. I'm Rita Foley.